0: Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. I'm Julia. And I'm Becca. We're best friends and lifelong Star Wars fans, and this is a Star Wars The Bad Batch fan cast. This time we're reviewing episode
1: six, Decommissioned. This review is meant to be spoiler free, so join us after you've watched the episode. So if you like story, and you like Star Wars, then stick around.
0: episode the batch takes their second official job from Cid to retrieve a tactical droid from a decommissioning facility on Corellia. With the
1: clones serving the empire knowledge about their strategies has become valuable intel. During the job the batch runs into two foes Rafa and Trace who quickly become friends and after a harrowing escape from the facility learn that a nascent rebellion against the empire is forming. They turn over the tactical droid to the rebellion even though it means returning to Cid empty-handed. Okay Let's jump into plot context here. So, um, this episode, like the last like <laughs> three episodes, yeah,
0: this is going to be maybe has a...
1: been a little plot light, uh, but they are setting up some some specific things that we will see in the next yeah, episode.
0: We're just going to continue this lovely conversation over and over <laughs> and over again of like, is it filler or is it important? And the answer is, it's a little both.
1: Um, the answer is always, it's important. It might not be as like plot heavy but to be honest like
0: it's a vehicle for valuable information and in the meantime we get to have a little bit of fun i
1: was gonna say it's an important part of this show and an an important part of the legacy of clone wars that things are fun and it is very fun to watch you get a lot of fun action sequences you get more opportunities to flesh out the Bad Batch members which uh, I mean, we all love to see so
0: yeah I guess it is like an important part of the conversation of like is it filler is it important is to maybe recontextualize why we say filler right, right. like just in general right because I feel like that assumes that everything has to be so um, imperative and plot forward and important all of the time mm-hmm. where like I feel like that if this show was like that it would be kind of missing the spirit of of why it's being made right which is to just like have a good fun star wars time so i do think that like obviously with that in mind they're they're doing a fun way of like connecting all of these things while still having like Mm -hmm. a fun
1: kooky good time i think with the last episode we were introduced to the batch becoming mercenaries rather than soldiers uh and this is sort of a continuation of that especially with this first scene um, where Sid kind of like Hunter's still very on the fence with it when she comes to them with a new job and and Sid is just like I'm gonna make your decision for you you need money like she's she's almost doing it in a very like you need to take care of yourself so this is the way you're gonna do it. yeah it's convenient um, for me and you yeah like they're uh, still they're still kind of on the fence about it but um this job I think cements that role or, or at least sort of makes a bridge between okay, well we're just kind of doing things for money now and we can still fight for a cause. Um it kind of bridges the gap from the last episode. Yeah, that. it establishes their role without forsaking their their values. Yeah. Um we don't we don't see complete 180 from them. Yeah. Um so the these yeah. last two episodes kind of have gone together in that fashion yeah. along with dropping a lot of other important breadcrumbs along the way, for sure. Uh so I mean obviously just like the plots as we've
0: Thrown them together. I, I, everything is the a plot essentially, right? Um. You know, I'm so glad that they've uh found a milestone and now have a source of income. We Mm -hmm. kind of like can put that, um, mode of understanding of their lives and and how they're surviving in this world. I guess to rest a little bit, right? So we, Mm -hmm. we're no longer worried about that. Which is, it it was, you know, it was the setup. It's essentially like the first third of the season, Mm -hmm. kind of. Um, I, (laughs) I kind of wanted. I mean, I made note of this, but. Uh, The fact that there's, once again, lack of crosshair in this episode is kind of bananas to me. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like when we were first watching this, I really thought in the back of my head that there was more crosshair in the first third of this Mm -hmm. season than there
1: is. I think it's easy to think that because his role when he does come back in is so important and it becomes it's it's almost like starts a snowball rolling for the rest of the season
0: and it's just like i feel like i threw out in like the second episode or something i was like yes design by omission and i did know like going forward like kind of what you know that that meant for the episodes obviously because we've already seen them uh but i feel like it's really interesting going back and analyzing them and seeing how true that is and like i can't remember when we see him again in the next couple episodes i think
1: um we see him I, I don't want to s- I think no, we see it's uh, I think we see him in, not in the next episode but the, the, the episode one after, after yeah. yeah
0: um it, it's interesting to see uh, and we've talked about this before fan kind of the fan reactions to these episodes as they were coming out and like how we uh were part of that audience on on social media we talk a lot about seeing stuff on Tumblr kind of jokingly um it's really funny to me how much I feel like discourse there was about crosshair and like how much. Uh, how much fan fiction there is about him. And like, we just have only seen him in like three episodes at this point. And like, it's kind of wild to me. Like, I feel like I-, I thought he was in more because like the fan base was like very, very into him.
1: I honestly think it, it goes to show that like people are constantly asking for more and more and more of their characters that they like. And I'm like, I, I think it's a really good strategy as a, as a writer to give people just enough because Fan art and fan fiction just thrives in that space between like, you didn't give me, you gave me enough that it's fucking interesting, yeah. but you didn't give me enough that I'm satisfied. <laughs> now I have to kind of come up with my own thing. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. And I feel like we've talked about this in context on context to a couple of different things, but it's really interesting to be like plugged into that part of fandom where mm-hmm. it's just like so many people are really interested in certain specific things and especially like little tidbits with characters We're like, there'll be whole fanfics about like, you know, an off comment mention of something that happened in the past, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I literally just had to type this word in because I want to make sure it was correct, but it's really pervasive, right? Like it's so, this understanding of, crosshair and how we see him I feel like has like kind of invaded my mind in a way just because of like how much I've just like seen in the background Mm -hmm. and I really just like kind of convinced myself that he was all over the place in the first like third of this even season first half of the season and he's really not it's just like
1: quality over quantity I guess yeah I
0: mean it really is and it's wild that like our whole b plot is is in and out super not randomly but like in really specific points and it's like wild it but is it's and like it's so n- important though. and it's
1: not often that we see no but when we do see it, it's very like no time is wasted no space is absolutely wasted. um, um that being said we don't see any of him in this episode no
0: like all that to say he's <laughs> not uh, we, he's I, mean, I mean i mean we don't ever see him we you never see we'd we never clock him with our peepers there, um
1: <laughs> <laughs> there is mention of him though
0: there is mention yeah so and then c plot I, I mean i i Uh, essentially we get like a little taste of like an inhibitor chip situation in this yeah which I think is
1: we get more of a taste I would say
0: yeah I would say I I sort of see it as like it is the first domino to fall right and I and it's really satisfying to see then now reflexively like we can actually go back and talk about previous things in other episodes Mm -hmm. right like where things were connected to get Mm -hmm. to this point and now we're we're seeing traction yeah Uh, I honestly think this is like the first little bit of payoff we're getting Mm -hmm. um Okay, do you want to jump into, you know, Story Beats moments specifically? Because this episode was a little more... This episode
1: is a very action heavy, which is is a very entertaining um, thing to watch. Uh, But it's... Less analyzing. Yeah, there's not a lot of analysis that is able to happen here. Um, But I think... (laughs) It is fun. I like it. Um, The first scene I think is important. It sets a lot of things up. Um, We see her... uh, By her, I mean Omega. Um... We see them in Ord Mantel, uh hanging out at Sid's bar again, because I guess it's just where they are. It's sort of their clubhouse now. <laughs> and um, Echo, and and by extension, kind of the rest of the batch is like helping Omega um, learn how to use the Nigerian crossbow that they got, uh, that she got uh, in the last episode. And she's obviously struggling with it, because she's, I, I mean... Anyone can pick up a she's gun like, and...
0: 30 pounds soaking wet and like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's chosen
1: a crossbow for her weapon. <laughs> I do think it's funny that they, that they didn't... That they weren't like, why don't you just like put that down and uh, we'll give you a gun, I guess. Yeah,
0: I mean, I kind of love that they're like, yeah, you can... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's no, it's fine.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Again, we kind of talked about this last episode, but it's very... It's it's a I'm unique sort of weapon, the bow and arrow. <laughs> In this case, the fantasy bow and arrow where... It's very like um, I'm the strong female protagonist.
0: Yeah, but like in this, it doesn't feel bad. <laughs>
1: no, I yeah, I don't mean that as a, I just meant that it doesn't as a general statement. Sort of and by statement. that, I mean it doesn't feel tropey. No, or trite. <laughs> yeah, um, I think because we get to see her learning how to use yeah, it, we get to see her struggling with it, rather than just like a I,
0: natural.
1: Yeah, I've been training with this my whole life, but you don't get to see that, and I'm just really good I'm just at it.
0: Immediately, so so good at something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Again, I. Uh, I, I think I wrote this someplace in our notes, but like I do really like that this episode has like these fun little tidbits of like it feels like o- Omega stepping out like into her own a little bit and like finding more yeah. autonomy and and strength in I think
1: herself. We get to see her learning in different ways in this episode. We get to see her I mean, case in point, this whole learning how to use the bone. She gets very frustrated with it and they don't pull punches with that. Yeah. They they show that it's difficult and um <clears throat> while she's practicing, Sid comes up and offers the batch a new job to retrieve a tragic a tactical droid. A brain. tragic droid. <laughs> so sad. He's, He's so, so sad. so bummed out. <laughs> he has no job or purpose anymore. <laughs> um, And she's just very forceful about it. I, I love that she basically just bullies Hunter yeah. into being like, no, you're working for me now. He's like, okay, ma'am. I love, again,
0: I love this sort of like my, cr- my big crime aunt is here and she's mean, but I like her. And like that vibe of just like, no, you're going to do this yeah because you need to and i need someone to do a job and you guys need money like it doesn't ever and i feel, like you guys i mean it's yeah. kind of
1: subtext but yeah. yeah
0: it doesn't it doesn't feel like sid is like uh you're here and i'm forcing you
1: into it they're mm-hmm. like okay
0: <laughs> like it does just feel a little bit i don't know copacetic he's
1: just like we haven't decided if we're gonna work for you she's like well i'm deciding now you are and he's just like okay <laughs> like, <"A-> yes ma'am <laughs> sounds good we need the money it's like, I'm yeah just, no you're right i, I didn't want to admit say about it. that yeah <laughs> Um, but I like how after that she explains, you know, what the job is. Um, she's like, and you, Omega, like you're struggling because you have little noodle arms. Like you need to strengthen up. So like she basically gets two directives in this training sequence: one yeah. from Echo, which is you need to learn how to tune up distractions, and one from Sid, which is you needed to strengthen yourself. Um, I don't know that we see that totally play out in this episode, but no. it, we I like that we get a prompting from. So, some some kind of guidance from the uh adults in her life of like this is what you need to be working yeah. on.
0: Yeah. And I I do just really love Echo and these scenes, these mm-hmm. couple of scenes that come up just I I mean I can talk more about this later but I just I I love the tidbits we get from him and just that he is I don't know so pragmatic but like I love how he goes into this role of being a teacher in such a a straightforward pragmatic but like ultimately compassionate way like he never yells at her he's never like but he's very firm he's like firm but like understanding and he's like in in the next scene too like so willing to just be like i'm gonna explain something to you in a way that you can understand it and like you know i i don't know like i just i like how he's characterized in this
1: there's a sweetness to him that's very very
0: nice. yeah it's like it's almost like uncanny like i can't I can't even like specifically describe it in a way, but Mm -hmm. it's just, it does feel there. And I just really appreciate that we are, we get quite a bit of him being a dynamic
1: character. I I like too, that he is fit himself into this role. And it's not necessarily like the, all the members of the batch do this. I mean, they all um, teach her things at one point or another, but they all have very different ways of going about it. And Echo has been like established and like is consistently this way with her. Um, I mean I, yeah I don't I don't know how else to put it but like he's very he's very motherly with her in a um in a in a soft way like
0: there's just such like a yeah like a a kindness there a compassion there
1: yeah that doesn't have to be explicitly like said either like it's so shown like not that the rest of the batch are are uncompassionate or unkind to her but like Hunter just fills a very different role like he feels yeah, he he's does. just he's very dad like there's no question about it like he has very much of like Feels so dad role to me with yeah, her. Yeah, I feel like it's
0: not, uh, wow, we're really getting into this already, but it's like, and that's fine. But like, I feel like uh, Hunter uh, carries a, a less explicitly emotional role in this. And yep. again, this is kind of ascribing uh, traditional roles to characters, but it, it does, I think, because we're dealing with a primarily male mm-hmm. cast, uh, it, it does add like a really interesting flavor to see people take on traits that are almost classically more you know maternal in yeah. a way
1: maternal feminine uh yeah i mean we have talked about this before but it's, we did talk about it but it's a, it's a good thing to talk about <laughs> one of my favorite topics uh they flesh out this cast really really well anyway yeah, absolutely um, so they we're basically in two places in this episode, and that's Ord Mentel and then the droid decommissioning Sorry. facility. Like a
0: quick note. Do you like that over the last couple of episodes we go from like being in fourteen places and then like back and forth a bunch of times and then less, but still back and forth. And it's like now we're just not back and forth at all, and we're in two places yeah. total. It's just
1: like very interesting how the uh yeah. the episodes pace differently. Yeah, it's kind of slowing a little bit, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons that some people feel that the the this part of the season, the middle part, is a little filler. But honestly... What's so wild, though, is I honestly think it's calm before the storm, right? That's what I was just going to say. It, it's... Knowing what's coming. It's sort of like winding down a bit and getting you comfortable with where they are. And you're like, okay, like, yeah, this is the, the rhythm. And then upsetting that. Yeah, so it can um, punch
0: you in the face. Exactly. Um, in, a in a good, a good way.
1: way. Punch you in the face, complimentary. <laughs> okay. So... They sneak into the droid decommissioning factory facility. Um, they locate the tactical droid. Somebody runs up and steals it. Um, we learn that that is Trace. No, it's Rafa. It's Rafa, and we learn that her sister Trace is there. We've seen Rafa and Trace in season seven of Clone Wars, and they have been opposite Ahsoka. Yes. Uh, p- post leaving the, the Jedi. Jedi. Um, I. I- talk about them (laughs) okay I was
0: gonna be like I just really like these characters they're really Um, good they're
1: they're very good
0: interestingly enough I watched these in a very weird order so like when I started watching Bad Batch I was watching it alone and I got to this episode and I was just like I know that these guys are from this guys these lovely ladies these are from the season seven episodes um, of Clone Wars which I hadn't watched at that point why because I didn't want to watch it without you um, <laughs> I just couldn't, you know, you get to that point emotionally where you're like, I can't deal with an ending. Like Yeah, no, I'm familiar with Or that. it's like, I like endings. Hi, I've never
1: finished any show that I like. Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> I like endings, I like the bittersweet, but like for something like this that I feel like held a lot of emotional value for me and like our relationship, I was like, I didn't want to finish it without you. Mm-hmm. So like I went and watched some of the season seven episodes with Rafa and Trace to get some of these contexts for like this episode of Bad Badge, and then I just like stopped watching season seven until we watched it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I really do like those episodes. Um, I, I didn't think I was going to, but I, I do really like Rafa and Trace. I like that we get, um, in, in those Clone Wars episodes, sort of a view of life outside of what we're used to seeing, right? It's kind of like what Bad Batch gives us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there are regular people who are just trying to make their way in life and, like, they miss, you know, misstep. There's a lot of places to misstep in this world because it's kind of aggressive.
1: I, I too, love their like inception when they we see him them in season seven with ahsoka it is very much opposite ahsoka yeah. and yeah, she's yeah, yeah. learning this idea that like not everyone thinks the jedi are super great
0: yeah it's a fun dynamic i would say and like i love i love ahsoka in those episodes they're very I, she's very good and again i love bittersweet stuff i love sort of like a sadness that we get to sort of see as viewers and get to ponder because i love that ahsoka is very sort of sad she's kind of forlorn but she doesn't really she can't share why but like she Mm -hmm. runs into these two people who are so opposite of her understanding of the world and she gets to be led into their world and she gets to help them and they get to help her and i don't know i i I just really love them and i love that we get just like a rafa and trace like high five in this Mm -hmm. bad batch episode because like they're still their same like fun interesting side character selves like that was my note when we were watching this episode is like,
1: ah, oh, they're so they're just like fun dynamic side characters. I will die on this hill, Star Wars and every other sci-fi property needs more space Latinas. For sure. I will die on that hill. They're fantastic. They are. <laughs> um yeah. But yeah, so
0: they, you know, are running around in this droid facility and it's made clear uh, very very early on that they are also here on a sort of a mission they are also here for the tactical droid um, and <laughs> by it's, a
1: mission I mean the same mission and it's many informations that it holds <laughs> um, so they, they kind of meet and they're obviously at, at odds uh, until the facility goes on lockdown and they have to try to figure out a way out uh, while being sort of assailed by these security police droids I
0: do really like that they call them police
1: droids I have a note about that like... okay <laughs> Um, in all it's just a lot of action sequences, right? So we're not gonna get too heavily uh, in into the, yeah, specifics of it, but during this sequence, uh, record jumps across like a, um, I almost just was like a chasm.
0: I mean, it's I mean, just it's a like chasm between in a way platforms. Yeah,
1: um, to turn the power back on and he hits his head again. Yes, this time he hits it pretty fucking hard and he he goes down starting to say, good soldiers follow orders which is the first sort of like gut punch that we get a little bit yeah exactly this is i guess what i was alluding to earlier Mm -hmm. which is like it's
0: the first domino to fall it's like oh that is what that has meant the whole time
1: i think that before this happens i mean they, they are dropping breadcrumbs and it's hard to tell because we're looking at it from having watched the entire season so we know what's what's important um but I can imagine it would be very easy to watch up to this point and just be like, Oh, they're just kind of doing a funny, like record kind of dumb. And he hits his head a lot, yeah, but he's, he's very like bumbly. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's not, it's actually. (laughs) Yeah, I do like that they have a way of like flipping what would be comedic
0: into something. Uh Uh-oh, like very scary, very
1: tragic suddenly. Yeah, because they've been really good with this where they they do kind of have a lot more ways of categorizing uh, Wrecker and characterizing him. He's not just, he's not, he really isn't just the like strong bumbling one. Yeah. He's very strong, but he has like a depth of kindness. Yeah. Um, that we don't see really in... And the depth of caring that we don't see in a lot of the other uh, Batch members. Yeah. Um, which is good. I, I, I like that they didn't... Ju- I mean, obviously, this is a plot device, but they didn't just rely on the like, oh, it's kind of funny that he hits his head all the time. Like, it's yeah, for no, a reason.
0: Exactly. I love we talk about all the time, the like sneaky little ways that things get put in here. And the it's show it's like,
1: so clever. It's,
0: it's clever in a way that like, it works so well when you watch it again. And I, I mean, it's such a mark of a good show. And like, I just love this. I love this so much. And I love, I mean, I wrote a note about this, if I may bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starts saying good soldiers follow orders, but what follows after he is like on the road to passing out is per the subtitles of the show, cross Harris voice saying it.
1: This is why um, I will always be a proponent of, uh, Watching things. watching things with subtitles because that like, you get like these little pieces yeah. uh, like I probably couldn't have
0: placed that as his voice if I was watching it without no. subtitles but like it's so interesting to know that like what he was hearing in his head presumably then was crosshair yeah. again mm-hmm. like he's never not I mean he's probably not thinking about him sometimes but like I love that in this moment it's like that's the connection that's being made
1: I like the, uh, it's both a connection of, like, oh, to the audience, like, remember the only other person to ever say this, but it's also, like, when you get into it, it's kind of, is Wrecker remembering Mm -hmm. this, or is this the work of the chip? How conscious is he in this? Like, again, that's kind of the whole crux of the issue here. Um, We'll see later on, but no, that was a, that's, like, a big, I guess gut punch is a little bit uh, strong of a a term, but. It's
0: sort of a light gut punch.
1: But I, I, I imagine if this is the first time you're watching it and you're kind of just like, oh, yeah, he hits his head a lot. And then this is what happens on like the what fifth time he's done this. Yeah. um, It's like, oh, shit.
0: Yeah. I think also like on the heels of if we're thinking about everything. I, I love this line that they reuse a lot. The good soldiers follow orders because we've seen that, you know, absolutely everywhere. And it's become like essentially its own thing rife with emotion and i really like it essentially like that phrase carries every horrible thing that's ever happened with it Mm -hmm. and like and i feel like it's such a a smart thing to like build something up like that because then in a moment like this where a character is is going down is falling into unconsciousness Mm -hmm. like and is suffering in some way and all you have to fucking do and say to me is good soldiers follow orders and i'm like holy shit
1: i swear there's a i swear that's a literary device i swear like the concept of having a a line that like almost heralds something yeah is a catalyst it heralds death um <laughs> no but I, I swear that that i swear that that's a literary device um, i have no idea i'll look it up later but i think the last time we heard that line
0: too is like when crosshair a couple episodes ago was like executing a bunch of people and like absolutely cold blood yeah. yeah in cold blood and he says it to himself as like to be resolute in it yeah. to assure himself it, of his purpose it right? is his mantra now like wild right so it's like i love that we've built that up i mean we have years of star wars stuff that's like re- has relied on that so obviously it's not just this show that's done it but i feel like they do it so well right mm-hmm. and then we get to use it as you know it's a little bit of payoff you get to throw it in um and it crosshairs voice no less right and it like carries so much
1: weight also the pain of like wrecker being the the kind of like sweet oaf that he is being the one who's like first suffering from this yeah absolutely uh, post crosshair it's it's i I guess gut punch is a good um term to use it just
0: really does like herald the Mm -hmm. oncoming of like death and destruction essentially like i I do really like Mm -hmm. it has such a a poetic quality to Mm -hmm. it that i feel like is Mm -hmm. really
1: poetic cinema
0: Like, it's funny to put that onto Star Wars, right? Like, I think that's the thing. Like, and we talk about this all the time. Star Wars is so fun because it's so fucking goofy and campy. But, like, you get shows like this, which is why I always tell people to watch this, that they're fucking sleeping on it, because you have this show that is doing crazy shit with writing. Like, in such an incredible, insightful way. A poetic way. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, this is an animated Star Wars TV show. I fucking love it.
1: (laughs) Star Wars is always going to be kooky and campy like that's one of its strengths but i think another one of its strengths that we see all the way back to the original trilogy is it has a lot of heart um and i think that these shows really really bring that out in it in a way that we don't get to see a lot in the you know the major motion pictures and whatnot um anyway uh so after that happens with wrecker he passes out um and omega gets stuck on this conveyor belt uh and um trace and rafa are are like escaping with the tactical droid they hear her um stuck and she's like gonna be dropped into a molten lava pit a a big pit (laughs) a big pit full of droid parts um this is very reminiscent of episode two i was literally
0: thinking the exact (laughs) same thing which is hysterical because i feel like that part of episode two i kind of forget a
1: lot i'm sorry well nothing happens in it but um i like that the they basically are like oh shit we cannot let this like child yeah yeah so they i mean they obviously they're they're established as like moral people and
0: well they are now and i have a note on that but continue um
1: but in this episode for for this episode's um sake yeah so they they get painted as like we have to save them they're they're good people right and this is when so they save omega and then they um they decide to work together the batch and rafa and trace decide to work together to escape the factory um yeah and hunter hunter's very grateful <laughs> i i do really like yeah that like i i made a note of this yeah. i i do like after
0: it's trace who pulls um omega up for the most part, and then Hunter comes and helps. Mm-hmm. I love that he genuinely says thank you. Like yeah. I, I just don't feel like we see that a lot mm-hmm. in stuff in big military boys. Mm-hmm. I just really appreciate that he genuinely is like thank
1: you. Mm-hmm. So nice. um And then we get one of my favorite lines in, the- in this oh, episode. Yeah,
0: they- so they're all right going uh, sitting while police droids shoot at them, trying to come up with a plan with- for how to get out of this. And I think someone is like we need an army to get out of this and trace is like well good news we have an army and like you know points to all the battle droids that are still operational at mm-hmm. this point and so they're trying to reprogram the mm-hmm. droid head and she and rafa are having an exchange
1: i think uh i think i think trace says something along the lines of like we 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 need we need a plan or something like that. Or uh, we can maybe we can use the droid head to get out of here, and then um, Rafa leans over from like shooting at the police droids and be like, "We need. We can use the droid head to get out of here." And she goes, "Is there an Echo in here?" And Echo, and Echo just, just leans goes. up and goes, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> and
0: she's like, "Excuse me," and he's like, "That's me. I'm Echo. Yeah.
1: Echo. Yeah." I just, um, like,
0: I I always feel like this joke is, like, really weird, but it always gets me. Like, every time. Yeah. It's a wild setup,
1: but I really like it. I mean, it's very, I mean, it's very cute and, like, yeah. It, especially, like, these two who are not familiar with, I would say they're pretty unfamiliar with, like, the way clones Yeah, for operate, sure. Because they were never part of the military. Yeah, and... I think
0: Rafa, or, yeah, I think Trace goes. Are you for seri- are you for serious? <laughs> you for serious right now? Are you serious? And he's like, yeah, yes.
1: So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So they they execute their plan. They get out of there. Um, they escape from the factory. Tech ends up sneakily. I like this too. It's very characteristic of Tech. He ends up sneakily uh, downloading uh, all the tech tactical droids information on uh, like, like a the, USB the stick. Crazy
0: spiky usbs yeah. yeah
1: after disguising it as a like because they're using the tactical droid head to control the rest of the droids in the factory to take out the security uh droids um and he's just like oh this will help me boost the signal and this one will help me with the programming i mean like i'm sure it is doing what he said it's sure. doing but he's also like wink yeah <laughs> just very smooth and like i don't know
0: he had a plan he yeah that's what oh, he's doing for sure um I'm really loving your note that says Wrecker recovers from his brain injury. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, he kind of doesn't. I um, guess he just kind of wakes up. Yeah, he does
0: just wake up after getting shot also a bunch of times, but I I love that he uh, he does come down and help them as the, as the battle droids are yes. helping them escape. Yeah, very heroic, very fun.
1: He, like, falls from the ceiling, basically.
0: It's just, like, really true Wrecker yeah. fashion. Again, I like that this episode is bringing us a lot
1: of fun. I like that they were, like, earlier with record like oh no what's gonna happen and then he is he comes back and is so like vehemently wrecker yeah, that you're like so oh boisterous. i guess he's okay yeah. or like is he um you know,
0: i, I, I like the thought that he's maybe just like well we're gonna walk on past that one <laughs> he's cover like it up. <laughs> mm,
1: i'm not gonna think of locking that one away in the vault Ooh, deep dark <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so they get out of the facility um the droid head gets destroyed the droid head gets destroyed and uh rafa and trace think that it's gone for good that they failed in their mission um they're back on the marauder i guess they're giving rafa and trace a ride somewhere
0: (laughs) no they're not they're they're on rafa and trace's ship i thought they were
1: on the marauder no because r7 is there oh never mind the silver angel rafa and trace are giving the batch a ride somewhere
0: i don't know why
1: (laughs) yeah where do they park their ship i guess maybe they're just getting out of there i suppose yeah so they're on rafa and trace's ship (laughs) after they escape the factory um and they yeah think rafa and trace think that there's nothing left and um this is when they hunter kind of understands that like there are people working against the empire and rafa and trace are two of those people Uh, And then I think the second important conversation uh, to happen in this episode happens here between Hunter and Rafa. um, Mm, Yeah. When Rafa kind of expresses surprise that, like, they're not, they're clones and they're fighting against the Empire. They're not part of the Empire, at least. Um, And then that's kind of, you know, unusual at this point. And he gives her the USB stick with the (laughs) tactical droid information on it. And uh, she expresses that surprise. And he's like... Things were clearer when we were just, sh- just soldiers, honestly. Um, and she says, take it from me. In the end, we all choose sides. Um, which is, like, the last thing I think we see w- with Hunter. Um, and, uh, I don't know. That's just... A- it's a good line. It is very indicative of, like, this entire series. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say it ties into, you know, the themes that we've been exploring a lot. Mhm. Um Yeah, and then, of course, the last scene is um on raw and Trace's ship and she is having uh, she calls up their buy their buyer their
0: the, j- person the person they got their job from they're
1: working for yes a <laughs> mysterious figure um and is like we ran to some clones and we thought you'd like to know and we know where they are um so and that's where the episode leaves yeah. on
0: I, I was really upset because I thought at the end of this episode we were going to see like a little peekaboo and I'd be able to like Oh, we all know it's this person, but we don't, and I'm sad about it.
1: Um, yeah, we we don't. I mean, we know that they're good people. We don't know if this is supposed to be ominous or uh, yeah, it's got an interesting sort, sort of hopeful. Of we don't know. layered
0: flavor here. Um, I I mean, we can kind of uh, go into talking about characters, but I would love to piggyback off of the that exchange we just talked about with Hunter and Rafa. Yeah. Um, Rafa is an interesting character. Obviously, we see in the Season 7 episodes, but at that point in time, she's not, I would say, like a super like upstanding moral person. She's very morally gray, which is mm-hmm. obviously sort
1: of the world that we're coloring in she's, at that point. She's sort of in it to survive.
0: She essentially, and why I like this episode with her dialogue in it is that uh, in what we see of her in Season 7, she literally is like, she's the opposite of what she is here. Instead of being like, essentially she doesn't care who the buyer is who the job is for as long as they're making money enough to survive right that's her whole thing and i love that here she like gets on hunter's case for like just a little bit for like you don't even know who your buyer is like you know you're gonna give this super valuable information to anyone that's insane like i love that essentially in the background we see rafa and trace specifically also rafa because trace has kind of always been like a, a sweetie but like her grow in a way and I really like that I really love seeing these like little I mean she's kind of a legacy character now um have be dynamic in the background like we get to put the pieces together and I love seeing it in this context too of like they now get to color characters that like we're learning about uh I I really feel like it's seeing that like rippling effect of star wars and the jedi um (laughs) Uh, throughout the galaxy, right? Because she learned that from Ahsoka and I think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, so I, I essentially all that to say, I really like that this is one of those places that we're seeing like uh, the ripple effect of other things, right? In, in the Star Wars universe, important things like Ahsoka and like what she learned and the character she was, like how that um, influenced other people and how that's now influencing of the characters in this show. Like it's kind of that like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that, I don't know, like, the Jedi and, and you know, the, I guess the good people in the Jedi, people that we've seen grow and stuff, like, their influence will be seen all over the place because it's just, like, part of the DNA of this world. And I really like that we see it sort of change and, and alter characters in the background. And I don't know, in, I guess improve them, help them grow in, in mm-hmm. ways. And, like, I don't know. It's just really a, a fun way to, like, tie things in. I like that, you know, it's not the same sort of Rafa and trace like, defaulting back to, like, what they were when we first saw them. Mm-hmm.
1: It It's... A lot of that, uh, what I was talking about previously about giving audience just a little bit, just enough. And like, I love that they fleshed out these characters just a little bit more in this because they're only in this one episode. Yeah. This is, we've seen them in season seven of Clone Wars and we see them here and that's the only time. It's not like a
0: lot of content. It's
1: not, but like, they still feel like really full people. They do. Um, and I'm excited to see more and like, would love to consume some fan content about them. Like they're really good characters. Yeah, they are. Um, they, they've they given you just enough um, and left you with just enough that you're like, I want, I want more of these characters is very good. Intriguing.
0: Do we want to talk at all about, uh, I would say like our more, we got some more main players in this. I mean, I think in this episode, we have less of a focus again on Omega and Hunter's relationship, I think because mm-hmm. we've like heartily established that at this point Mm. um but we do get to see omega i think be sort of her own personal. yeah she
1: she gets a little more independence and autonomy um and i love that we get to see her um stumble a little bit and be in the process of learning things and she like we see that a little bit in the last episode i think but um she's coming a lot more into her own in this episode um I, I guess we also don't see, like, a huge amount from Hunter this episode, but
0: that's, I mean, we've seen so much of him. Uh, I do really like, I mean, this is my kind of, like, note in here. Um, I, I like that he's always a leader that, like, is by default his mode, but it's not necessarily a part of this question that we've been discussing of, like, you know, is this, like, what you're programmed to do or, you know, is this, like, what you want to do? Like, I don't think that's part of that question in a way that it has a lot more to do with like the concept of being a soldier but i do really like that hunter is unabashedly a leader he doesn't have an issue with that and he is like this is the this is the place i fill in this group and so i'll continue to do it even to like a funny extent right so like what i'm referring to is like when he makes a plan and just is like rafa follow me i'm doing this and like <laughs> she ex- doesn't <laughs> expects her yeah. to do what he says because mm-hmm. he's the leader and that's like what people do he's
1: the plan maker
0: mm-hmm. um and I love that she's just like literally who put you in
1: charge. <laughs> yeah. No, I I really love um their dynamic in this episode because it really does sort of she's sort of uh, the de facto leader of their two-person team. Yeah. Uh as well and so she's sort of being challenged. I like the um uh, you can see his leadership qualities a lot clearer when he's placed next to someone like Rafa um who's like immediately like i don't know you and like i don't like you and <laughs> she's like i decide what i do for me I just like <laughs> i really need to know who, who wrote the line of which he's just like fine i'll work with you but i don't like you and he's just like i'm used to it and i'm like i love again he didn't just throw it back at her and be like oh i don't like you either like that would be very ex- that was very expected he's just like no one likes me <laughs> like,
0: i love where that. does yeah. this come instead from instead of being like Yeah, I'm doing a sort of jokey and like, and I don't like you either. I love that he's like, everyone hates the guy in charge anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And then, I mean, I've talked a lot about Echo a lot in this episode, but again, I do really like uh, that we're seeing more, that we're seeing Mm -hmm. him as like a valuable working member of this team, obviously, because he's the newest. Well, he's not the newest member Omega is, but like, you know, the newest like military member of this unit. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know. I just I, I love the Echo love and appreciation. I love that we're getting to see him more as a character, especially since like I feel like, I mean, it's important to include someone's trauma. I wish they would have maybe talked about this a little bit more with him um, and how that affects him. But it is like also kind of nice to see a character who their whole fucking deal doesn't become like one thing. Mm-hmm. Like where they just become kind of, um, uh, I don't know, just like one flat plane. They're kind of shallow in their character development in that way. Like,
1: So you're saying that echo could have been that way yeah he
0: could he could have been like that right like it could have been Can you expound on that yes (laughs) um i I think per like what we see in season seven right with him i mean he was like kind of dead and then not dead and like like that trauma which is again important to his character and again i wish they maybe would reference that more that could have been like his entire character Mm -hmm. right which i think is like an easy place to fall into where like your characters become kind of shallow and that they're only referencing like one huge thing that happened to them instead of like I think it's fun to see Echo I mean he is like a new lease on life essentially like it's difficult and weird but like he is becoming a teacher and he is compassionate and pragmatic like I like that we're seeing him kind of like flourish in a new role Mm -hmm. um and I don't know I just really enjoy that I like that we get in little tidbits I'm a big Echo fan so
1: no I like that point I think given the circumstances, like he, he, I mean, he already kind of exemplified a lot of those traits previously. Like he didn't change a lot. Like after no. he like had his traumatic uh, experience. Um, but we, yeah, you kind of say, I mean, you don't go through something like that and then you're just like, well, I'm back to the person that I was. Yeah. And, like, I'm i never guess. never going to change. <laughs> yeah. You see him kind of leaning in, like, I'm sure he had, I, and this is, I guess what you're saying we, we, we want to see more of, but like, I'm sure he had moments of like, who am I? And like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? And like, like why did i come i don't know just sort of like existentially questioning yeah which, and and kind of deciding on who he which who he wants to be in the future yeah. not in a, like a completely like 180 it's not like he was a villain and now he's a hero but
0: yeah no but it's just like i don't know it's nice to see it's nice to i mean cuz the reason he joins the batch is like when he gets back from It's Skakko Minor where they find him. But, like, he's like, I don't fit in here anymore. And, like, Mm -hmm. I I don't think I can go back to being the person I was. And I do really like that, like, again, we see Echo. We know it's Echo. He's kind of a rules boy. Yeah, but, like, it's just, I don't know. He has almost, like, a slightly different, like, more fleshed-out, like, flavor to him that Mm -hmm. I I think is really, it's working really well at this point. And I think it's really filling a role in, like, this kind of uh, Omega learning and growing.
1: Yeah, it's almost exactly, like, I can't imagine what... It would feel so empty without his presence yeah, here. Absolutely. Um in, in this show. Yeah. No, he we get a lot of good uh, parts of him. I like um obviously that the the joke is very funny. Yeah. Love a joke. <laughs> um but I like I like that we get to see him using a scomp more. Um Yeah, for like filling it. Basically he's like what we've had in the past was just like droids um, you know, scomping in and then and then beeping and someone has to translate. I like that we get um him just being able to say what's happening yeah it's nice to have like an added human and connection. made me so curious as to like what that sensation is like for absolutely.
0: him absolutely this is like what i'm constantly questioning i'm like yeah. what is it like to just like download data into your brain like and he I'm, has yeah sort of an a, additional like sort of augmentation right the the sort of thing he wears yeah. on his head yeah but i'm like what is it like do you it...
1: hear it in binary yeah do it, like... like how do you get the info yeah. do you see it that's what like, yeah i'm very curious he's very um he's an interesting character he's sort of on, an on multiple yes fronts. yes uh do we want to talk about a, l- a
0: little bit about wrecker? yes um i mean we did kind of touch on a lot of these things i just i like that we're and uh, shooting us into the next episode too like we're gonna we're gonna get a lot of wrecker, which i'm i i love and again i love that we've um we're establishing really slowly but in really like I think satisfying ways that these characters are their own people Mm -hmm. and I love uh this is kind of a weird thing that I think I may have I referenced somewhere I don't know what episode it was I think it was episode two um the, the second episode of our podcast and the show um where I referenced where I think he's afraid of heights. And Mm -hmm. it's weird that that doesn't come up until now. But again, we're kind of getting more characterization of him. He gets to take more of a, it's like a second row instead of like third row Mm -hmm. sort of view. But it's interesting that they kind of introduce
1: this concept a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, It's super subtle. Because there's not really like a a huge story reason for it. It's just that like people have different phobias and like this happens to be his. It's
0: interesting, I was thinking about this when we were watching the episode, where I was like, I feel like they could have introduced this and it could have been like a super like plot devicey like he's afraid of heights so he can't do this. And, and he has like, to overcome it. Yeah, like yeah. it literally is just like a thing which I kind of like like. It's honestly pretty yeah. intriguing to me because it's like he doesn't stop doing his job. Like he still like, mm-hmm. you know, climbs these ladders and gets up to the top and mm-hmm. has to make a jump. Like he still does it. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's just clearly
1: like, a little bit more of a challenge for him. It just like colors this... his character a little exactly. bit more. Like yeah. it, it's interesting that it's like, that seems so superfluous in a way, but it's nice to have in a way. I think a lot of the times things like that can can be superfluous, but the way that they've set up these characters has just been done with such like a, a a mastery that like we we've gotten all the important parts of them right. Like we the most important parts are like how they relate to one another, and we've seen a lot of that. And now we're like getting these little you kind of got us hooked, and we're interested in like them as individuals now. And so now you're giving us like a little more color to... Yeah. Um, to this painting.
0: It's interesting, too, that, like, I don't feel like a lot of other batch members have strictly, like, fears, mm-hmm. which, like, again, I would love to see more of, like, Echo's whole deal, because he has a lot that he's going A lot on. of
1: people have brought up on Tumblr that, like, I want to see how he, like, deals with, like, his augmentations, if he ca- it causes any pain, or, like, he yeah, I mean- has to oil them
0: (laughs) yeah like what is the sort of main i mean i'm genuinely very interested in that aspect of life i guess we do see him in the pilot uh in the in the first episode get freaked out right when he's like in the med bay like i guess we do see him be a little Mm -hmm. scared there but it doesn't come up again which is interesting but i'd like more please
1: but yes please for me (laughs) for me i
0: need more angst
1: um i would love to see like little things like that or like um like, Hunter passing out rations again, and, like... I I mean, I don't know if they have flavors or if they're, like, whatever, but, like, you know... I
0: hope to God they do. Or, like, Hunter
1: being, like, here you go, Tech attacks Like, I don't like this flavor.
0: Yeah, like, just... (laughs) I, I, I... (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting because i, I feel like know. we so, see a stuff lot like of like
1: that of
0: positive mm-hmm. characterization it's interesting like with wrecker right we get a, a fear which is not like a common mm-hmm. thing i would say i mean a, a common thing among soldiers it is a common thing among soldiers but it's not something that is common amongst this group at the moment
1: well also like it's funny that it's the, the biggest toughest one that you would yeah. think was fearless of nothing of everything like he doesn't have fears but he's, i mean yeah yeah it's,
0: it's great i'm such a sucker for like secret softy right Mm -hmm. like i just love the the big strong i mean this is just like my vibe with everything it's just like i just think he's so sweet too Mm -hmm. and like i love that he uh is the on the outside uh looks like he could kill you on the inside of cinnamon roll sort of a thing um and yeah i love that they just like introduced kind of more specifically that he is afraid of heights like just casually Mm -hmm. just on the fly yeah it helps round
1: out his character a lot
0: it does um themes so our themes, uh, once again, are hope, good versus evil, the power of choice, destiny sa- slash fate. Um, it's so hard with these episodes that feel just a skosh like filler. Well,
1: um, that aren't like we, they're we don't, don't see big that much world-ending things happening. We don't see a lot of plot um payoff at the moment. Yeah. Um, and we don't see a lot of like character. Uh, change um, which is fine i mean that takes time to build um yeah absolutely and to set up to pay off but uh yeah it kind makes it a little hard to pinpoint
0: specific? specific themes yeah
1: in these specific episodes i
0: mean i do like that we get sort of more of a talk and I, I like that this is sort of a developing theme which i kind of added in a way to our list that kind of splits the difference i would say between good versus evil and sort of destiny fate but this sort of concept of of gray morality mm-hmm. and like we kind of get to see that in Star Wars occasionally. And I do think like Rafa and Trace are an interesting display of that in Clone Wars. Um, But it's mostly sort of this binary of good versus evil. Right. And I like that the batch is kind of finding their way in this world and realizing that, you know, things aren't so black and white. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we also, you know, I don't know, they're, they're realizing they can be mercenaries and not soldiers. They're deciding their own fate, but we also have this concept of, like, great morality and also morality in this changing world. Yeah, they're
1: having to figure out what exactly that means. And I like that we kind of see Hunter lean hard into, like, okay, well, this is the identity. Like, Sid kind of forces, not forces, but he kind, she kind of foists this identity yeah. on him uh, in a way. And he leans into it. And he leans into it, because, like, that that's, really like, all he kind of ever knows. Like, when they're having that chat at the end in Roth and Trace's ship, he's just like, Listen, we were just paid yeah. to like find and retrieve this, um, and he kind of immediately gets like karma reprimanded by by for Rafa, sure. who's just like, "Are you kidding me? Like, you didn't even know who this was." And like, like I love that they flipped the script. on Yeah, that, exactly. Right? <laughs> and it's not like I, I do appreciate that. Like Har- Hunter was never like this hardened. Like I'm so practical. I'll just do, I'll do whatever for whatever. Like he he's got a lot of heart, and he does. He is a very moral person, but he's like his goal in life is to keep his squad safe yeah and this just is like the best way to do that and so he's kind of staking his whole identity on it and i love that these two characters give him this kind of out of like you can still help people and do good and like take care of yourself like they're not mutually exclusive you don't have to be you don't have to be this hardened gray morality kind of person
0: yeah it's interesting i love that he i I was gonna bring that up too i love that he leans super hard into the like well we're just like we're mercenaries for hire this is our job and Mm -hmm. it's like it's interesting that he just like embodies this concept of like well you know things are shitty right now so like there there almost aren't any rules to Mm -hmm. these things but it's like really the, the lesson to be learned here from you know rafa and trace who were not doing the best things for the best reasons and now are doing you know shady things for good reasons it's mm-hmm. like you know there are options to be found in here and like things are changing and like their identity the batch is changing mm-hmm. uh i don't know it's just a it's a fun little nuance again delivered in
1: very short sort of powerful lines yeah yeah i mean power of choice is also here it's just sort of hunter being reminded that this is um i also do like that um the last episode uh the previous episode yeah sorry the previous episode that we were talking about episode five ends with um like sid talking to hunter about uh uh, about uh, fennec and stuff but yeah she she's the one who like offers like oh well um I I have jobs if you want them like you guys you know delivered on this one so I I have jobs and he's like we'll think about it um so it's like she kind of offers him a choice and then from the other side of the spectrum Rafa's sitting there like you also have a choice to do good like yeah it's very much a these two episodes feel very not mirrored but um almost like a like a mini character arc for yeah For hunter and by extension the batch
0: it does weirdly have like a an understanding of setup and payoff which i find fascinating and again it's nice how quickly these things move Uh, we're not waffling in in the zone of like i I don't know we don't really want to be mercenaries it's like okay well we're doing what we have to do and like you know we're figuring out where we sit in all of these things Mm -hmm. right i I like that we're not pulling punches Mm -hmm. with these things and we get these sort of two fun concise episodes
1: about it yeah it really mirrors the two episodes, I think two and three, that we get, where was, it's kind of Omega cementing her place in the batch and figuring and seeing that she she wants to be there and she's gonna make it happen and, um, yeah, it kind of mirrors that. I like that we get these like, iotas of little character arcs between yeah these two.
0: It's nice to see just like un- understanding autonomy in these worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun I guess I guess this is also kind of like what makes in a way Rogue One interesting where it's like you're getting to see people like grow and change so that they want to try instead of just like
1: existing in the universe yeah
0: just sort of like immediately being born with like good morals which like works for our sort of big binary good versus evils Mm -hmm. but like it's really interesting to see the sort of human aspect of it of like you know these people aren't you know they're struggling like the rest of us and they're trying to figure out like what it is to try and to choose and like to have choice in this like shitty
1: fucked up world right one of my favorite lines from that movie is from rogue one yeah from rogue one is when cassian and jen are talking and he's just like i've been i've been fighting this fight since i was six years old because she's like what's the point yeah um yeah no it's just very good
0: i love that those lines because i think cassian is also talking about like how can you stay into like you know march under you know the empire's flag to exist in this world and she's like it's not a problem if you don't look up um i love that line i love that just like you there are you know it's it's a, a shitty world that we live in and existence is like you know you can just like avoid it at all costs and i mm-hmm. love that her arc is like being like you know what no i'm not okay with this and yeah. like you you've inspired me right and i like yeah. that we get to see like as something kind of similar in the batch where they're mm-hmm. just like there is choice in this yeah uh you know there are layers and flavors and not everything is so black and white.
1: Yeah, this is sort of the mini layer and then there's like the big the big layer of crosshair, right, that we get to see um, in the season finale here. Yeah, the, the opposite. Power of choice is extremely important theme in this and I, I love that I we're love seeing it. it in a really big way and we're seeing yeah. it in these really, really little it's, small ways. I love
0: that it's essentially like, Power of Choice is like the broad strokes and it's the fine details. Mm-hmm. Like we're getting so many layers and dimensions to it and it's just like again why I love analyzing the show and I'm I'm glad we're doing this because like it could just be, you know, it's a fun and funky show. It just feels, you know, easy and nice and it's fun to watch, but it also like has these things in it that are like just so well created and made for us to enjoy. The
1: artists, the directors or writers of these show this show, they I don't know. You can really tell they put so much work into it and it almost just feels, it, it feels due to them to analyze it and yeah. take the time to think about it and it's, understand all of the little intricacies that they have put in.
0: It's like my same beef with like when we play video games, right? Where I'm like, I want to look at everything. I want to read everything because it, if it's a well-crafted game, right? They're like hundreds of people who have taken time to like mm-hmm. make these details and like uh what better way to say like thank you and i love this
1: so much to like honor and take the time to do that right mm-hmm.
0: like i don't
1: know it's just this
0: is a good fucking yeah, show and it's the i same, love
1: it's the same concept as like us being writers and artists that like if you show someone your work and all they say is just like yeah great it's like Okay, but like, did you like? Do you have any specific thoughts, or like, you know, like, did you did you look at this? Like, what do you think of that? Time is
0: such an important factor. Yeah,
1: like not to
0: say that you have to do that, but it's like our love language,
1: right? Oh, for sure. Um, Not that Clone Wars didn't deserve this too. It's a wonderful show, Uh, but it it was for it was created mostly for children, and so it wasn't as detailed. It changed over time
0: to be. Oh, it changed. Oh, Oh, it evolved. Uh, Obviously, yeah.
1: Um, but this show is so beautiful that it seems almost disrespectful to just like, yeah, whatever, it's a kid's show. It, whatever, it's just kind of a show about whatever.
0: It pisses me off to no end when people are like, it's a cartoon for children. I'm like, you are missing out on like... And again, I know people don't take in things like this all the time. You know, it's our sort okay. of cup yeah. of tea. But like, it, it when you get into the details, it's incredible. And like, it is so... It, it, fills me sort of with the warm fuzzies that like i love about star wars where it feels like so like part of a world and it feels like it's saying something that like speaks to me in a way where it's just like i, I don't know it's just so well crafted so well done where it's like i i love this i love this understanding
1: a masterpiece truly 10 out of 10 10 out of 10
0: and we're this is a random quote-unquote <laughs> filler episode that we're talking about this right I mean, just, yeah nothing is filler if you reshape what your guys like your your guys is that that's a wild way to say your gaze yeah i mean just like reshape your understanding of Mm
1: -hmm.
0: of what you know filler is again not everything has to be like zero to 60 high octane Uh,
1: again as we've learned from reading reviews for things uh any and all people (laughs) will come into things with certain expectations and instead of being like let me take this at face value and examine it for what it's trying to be and what it is uh, I'm going to examine it from my expectation, which is I wanted to have a good time and I wanted f- fight scenes or whatever else, yeah. uh, and I didn't get that, and so I don't like it, and yeah. I think it's stupid. And it's like you—you're really not treating this piece of media with the respect that like so much time and yeah. effort went like, into. Like there's a,
0: a you know a time and place to have the conversation of like was it. I mean, I don't like saying good or bad because that means nothing. Was it effective, right? But that takes... Is it
1: compelling? Yeah. Like,
0: it it really just takes, like... It's okay having an expectation going into something. Mm -hmm. But, like, also understand, right, that it's uh, it can be more than that. Like, let's get into, like, what was the intention here that we can see? And do we feel like it delivered on that?
1: I mean, I liken most things to this, but what's their thesis, right? Like... How academic of you. <laughs> well, it's just the way my brain works. Absolutely. And that's beautiful. I mean, but like you, you everything you do has a structure, right? So like, I mean, I would argue that the first episode of this series is a, an incredible thesis. And we've seen a lot of payoff so far. And we've seen a lot more setup and a continuation of it that's been really good. And I mean, all the supporting points are there, you know? like Yeah. <laughs> uh I, I don't i don't think pe- i not that it's a requirement to look at things like this but i think a lot of people don't come in with like all right what are they setting up here what's the thesis here do they follow through on these things i mean again not to shit all over mandalorian it's a fun show but they set a lot of things up with the characters than that and they do not pay them off not really no yeah you i know? guess uh,
0: your everything has a thesis is kind of like what i i like into like everything is designed right like there's yeah but like deeper design. than that like
1: <laughs> what's the what's the point right yeah. like yeah it's not just this well, is designed i mean of course it's designed i mean i
0: guess what i mean in that is that like design has intention right, right. like it's it's
1: my asking what is their thesis is you're asking what is your intention with this yeah that's what you're saying
0: yeah. i mean you know uh, <laughs> this is getting really into it but essentially <laughs> in order for things to be designed they
1: have to be designed for a purpose exactly for the most part right so yeah. it's like okay and in this show that is very firmly seen yeah and you continue seeing it yes and it's
0: wonderful yeah okay so uh, i forgot oh extra stuff yes i have weird extra notes on this one Mm -hmm. not a lot but i just do just a couple of notes like i love our little world building things that we get Mm. here and again i love that we uh i was thinking about this there's a i mean they go to a droid decommissioning facility yeah which i was thinking about like as a uh, it's taking a step back and i'm like it's so it makes so much sense that like post a war where like all of half the soldiers that were fighting were fucking robots like um like it makes sense that they have a facility where they get rid of them because they're essentially trash at this point Mm -hmm. um it's but it's just like one of those things where it's like oh that makes so much sense and like Normal people work there. It's not other droids. It's not automated. It's just people. And like, I don't know. There's something about that where I'm like, huh, I really like that. I love that we're getting just sort of little bits of like the world that makes
1: sense that they're not like shoving in your face. They're just kind of like, this is the way it is. <laughs> just like we have these like little glimpses and reminders of like, oh, yeah, the Empire is really setting up here. We have reminders of like the war is over and what we knew about the world is is slowly changing changing and and going away
0: Uh, i do really like that they are like literally just like they're not trying to reuse them for any purpose they're literally trashing them and like what a apt reminder of sort of what the
1: empire is up to which is it's kind of just dredging everything that was yeah it's not even like i were interested in making the world better for people like how no, can like we reuse and restarting yeah it's literally just like no get rid of it we can't be reminded about yeah that like it's almost like the empires always existed and they yeah, will pretty continue much. to exist it's weird they're like erasing the past yeah. Uh,
0: yeah and again it's like we're not gonna talk about that i probably didn't notice that the first. history like,
1: is written by the victor or whatever <laughs> the fuck. yeah it, it is <laughs> um
0: i mean it is uh but it's like i I like that i don't know i probably didn't notice that the first couple times i watched this episode and now i was like oh yeah that's wild and it's really interesting um the other note i had i just really like the ship that they sort of sneak in on sneak the marauder in on i call it the dorito ship because it's just a big triangle but it's uh it's a a, like a shipping container carrier yeah Yeah. i just love that too it's like there are just like like yeah cargo ships Mm -hmm. in this world like because people are shipping stuff and like commerce exists in this universe and yeah. like
1: and it just because like uh the world has gone through an upheaval doesn't mean it doesn't exist you yeah. know anymore uh, i also really do like that um that little conversation they have when they're sneaking in on that ship when they're like yeah. Are you, this old trick like text like yeah it works like, yeah i do yeah. really
0: like that as well we didn't make note of that earlier but i love that they're like I don't know. In a way, just like the old tricks still work.
1: Although, I never mentioned in the beginning when they're, um, Sid's coming to them with a droid. Uh, with a droid. <laughs> with a droid. Sid's coming to them with a job tech. Uh, and she's like, Do you guys know what a tactical droid is? You can see him look around in panic as no one is answering her because it's a rhetorical question. And, and he's just that. like, starts out with this like dictionary definition of tactical. She's like, Shut up. <laughs> I love him so much. Anyway, I didn't say anything about that, but.
0: It's okay. I like it. Yeah, i wanted to mention um, yeah what else what
1: else what else
0: uh i guess some just some minimal design notes this is kind of yeah. related to the previous one i like that we keep getting the same establishing strat of Ormantel, but like the seedy back streets where sid's bar is uh i like that we just like I don't know, this time it was, like, panning down. And, like, I love that there's, like, people hanging laundry and there's just, like, a person asleep on some, like, catwalk, like, Mm -hmm. fire escape. I just like that, like, again, we're establishing very much, like, what's happening in this world. That they're, like, poverty exists. And, like, it's not, like, a utopia and, like even just like the way that things are like rendered and like chosen to be like colored and stuff. It, it paints a really interesting picture.
1: They could have easily used like a similar, the same establishing shot and they didn't. No. And again, really so much like work that. has gone into this. They did such a good job. Yeah, absolutely. No laziness here. Um, and then this
0: is just a weird, a weird note. I really like the exteriors of the, the, um, droid, this like decommissioning facility. At, Cause there was there, they come and go at night, um and it's just got all these nice lights the color's really nice Mm -hmm. I really like it it's pretty and this is a weird note but like you know there's a a refinery near-ish to us and we drive past it and like I think it was like I don't know a couple months ago right and it was nighttime and we were driving past it and it was like weirdly super pretty like in the same way this shot is because they have all those like lights on the sort of like refinery like spires and stuff yeah the kind of yellowy yeah and it was like super dark over there because they don't have like I don't know, there's not really, like, streetlight light. It's presence. a very industrial
1: area, so yeah. there's no, yeah.
0: But it was just, like, to the point where it's, like, sparkly. And it was yeah. just, like, this note of both of us being, like, huh, oh, the refinery wow. is, like, kind of pretty at yeah. night. Um, what a weird thing to say, but Even it's definitely, like... it's just like, constantly
1: billowing smoke and shit.
0: Yeah, and garbage into yeah. the air. Um, <laughs> but, like, I feel like the, uh, the droid decommissioning facility is kind of like that, too, where it's, like, it's very industrial, and we know that, but they had a way of making it pretty.
1: It, it echoes this sort of... Um, looking at the small things and finding beauty in the little, the little bits and um, yeah. Hope, hope in the little things. It's just so like, I don't know. It's
0: always, I always get wowed by like little shots in this show that are just like overwhelmingly pretty and just like feel painterly and like nice and interesting and detailed. And just like, it makes sense, you know, it just makes sense for this world and it makes sense for the show. And I, I really appreciate the amount of effort that they put into these things.
1: Yeah. I agree i think um colors get very swept under the rug for sure they do um it's my favorite thing to talk about but (laughs) it's uh it's nice to see them (laughs) it wasn't really anything but it's
0: beautiful um so do we want to recap sort of like what we think we we definitely have thankfully like bigger sufficient sort of breadcrumb chunks that will like you know we can talk about where do we think the next we've, episode we've is we've
1: accumulated going. enough breadcrumbs to sort Our of mush bag. together a <laughs> piece of bread i think no um <laughs> uh yeah so we we get that last scene um up until now every every one of the last scenes that we've seen have been sort of a, a closure on the batch like well we don't even get them to see them go back to sid and and tell them that they yeah. fucked up the job uh what we do see the end is uh in the end is Rafa talking to her mysterious uh contact, and that person will come up in the next one and I think
0: legitimately at the start of the next episode, the start of the next yeah.
1: episode, and we get to see some more um we get to see what will become of wreckers um Like episode uh yeah in the factory because that's not that's not done
0: no and i like that like again as we talked about it does feel very calm before the storm like it's fun that they have like just sort of a normal fun and funky episode for us to enjoy but we know there are these two huge like you know seeds planted of like wrecker and his inhibitor chip and then like who this mysterious figure is right like it really is like yeah previous episodes feel kind of like they have closure like oh it's like episodic you know we'll just go on to the next one and find out a new little story these ones feel like something is happening Mm -hmm. like it does actually feel like we're
1: amounting to something and I like that this happens like kind of on the sly they have such a way of um I mean the only other thing I can um compare it to is like Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett uh and i just feel like a lot of the times those episodes leave me with like okay well that was an episode and like i guess something else will happen next week these are like oh god what's happened what's yeah i am curious who is that it
0: feels like the the herald of something you know yeah on the horizon like oh
1: no (laughs) yeah
0: like but it's so intriguing and like yeah, I don't know. I feel like sometimes, especially with Mandalorian, especially early Mandalorian, the feeling I was left with was like, this is just feels very, um, like, Creature of the Week episodic, but not in the way that I think is fun, because there's, I, I don't know, it's it's not, you know, an early season of X-Files that's, like, yeah. a little bit more, like, goofy and weird, and it yeah. makes sense. Like, it just kind of, like, felt like vignettes and, and nothing Be- more. There was,
1: like, a potential for, ooh, what's this? But it, it didn't seem that it was ever really cashed in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but
0: I, I like that uh, in this, we kind of have some of that in a way, right? We have episodes that feel maybe a little bit like filler when, you know, just watching them or like, you know, If you're just, not paying
1: too much attention, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and like,
0: you know, they establish little things that are nice to see like in, the, in you know, looking back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do really like that this one is just like, holy shit.
1: <laughs> think, yeah, things are about to ramp up pretty quickly um, in the next two episodes. Very excited for the so. next two
0: episodes. I think they're two of my
1: favorites. So, yeah. They're very good ones. Anyway-
0: All right, that's all for this
1: episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be publishing episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so join us next week for episode seven, Battle Scars. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and also Instagram and Twitter at The Batch Pod. So if you like story. And you like Star Wars. Then tune in for the next
0: episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. Bye! Bye.